Welcome to the Gathering at Adel. We are continuing our series through the Gospel of Matthew. Please join us in Matthew chapter 6 when we look at Jesus' teaching on how to give. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. We're working our way, if you're new with us, or if you've been gone a couple of weeks, we are still in Matthew. If you, if you do not show up another time for another six months, there's a good chance when you show up in six months, we will still be in Matthew. We are just working our way through the Gospels, uh, and we just, I mean, once we get through the Gospels, we're going to keep on going. We're going to preach through the Word of God, and it's so good and so timely. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. We're in verses 1 through 4 today. Uh, Today we're talking about giving, so if you need to make a run for it, you can, now's your chance, you know, like this is something that we're afraid to talk about in the church, but uh, you know, there was, there was a time in my life, a season of about eight months where I, I drove a scooter, like not, like not a moped, but like a scooter, and I drove from Strawn to Brock on the interstate every day for like eight months. And uh, it was from like March to November, first of November. Best time to be driving a scooter, by the way, is those times right there. Uh, I, I failed to get my motorcycle license, which probably doesn't shock most of y'all if you know me at all. Uh, I was like, man, I'm just going to just go with it. Let's see what happens. I, and I wish I still had it because gas prices now are ridiculous. But uh, I drove the, this scooter and can I say like, you can't imagine I, how many times like I'd be driving the scooter and like it would go 75, 80 miles an hour. Like it was, it was, it was fun. It was bright red, and you, I cannot tell you how many times like people would drive by me, and like I would peek over at them and they would have like their phone. Like the passenger would have their phone like videoing me because I was a sight to be seen. I I did not have what would be called proper scooter attire. You know, uh, man, I think the helmet that I had was like a replica. Uh, like German helmet, soldier helmet with some ski goggles. Like it was not, it was a sight to be seen. I understand why they were taking pictures of me and laughing. They thought they were laughing at me, but I was laughing at myself too because I thought it was funny. And then something happened. Like one day I was driving and, you know, you're on the back road, like highways going, getting to Strawn. And all of a sudden, and I'm in shorts, like, you know, shorts just flying down the road, T-shirt, nothing. And like... All of a sudden, like a raccoon runs across the road. And I had never even thought about what would happen if that happened. You know, thankfully, it was already passed. It wasn't even like a close call. But all of a sudden, something happened. I was like, oh, man. If I hit that raccoon on this scooter, dressed the way that I'm dressed, it's not going to be pretty. Like, it's going to be bad. And, and then it started to get, like, towards the end of October, which I enjoy that type of weather. But when it's like 55 degrees outside, when you're going on a scooter at 55 outside and you're like dressed the way that I was dressed, it was cold. Like it started to get cold. I was like, oh Lord, what am I going to do? Because I, I sold my truck to my father-in-law. I got the scooter. We still had our family car. And I was like, it was a great idea in March, you know? And then come like first of November, I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? This is not going to be good. How am I going to make it through December? And one day uh, at a staff meeting at the church in Brock, the pastor comes up and he goes, hey, we're going to start staff meeting outside. And we're all like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. 
like we go outside and Jesse, the pastor there, hands me like some car keys. He's like, I'm like, what, what is this? He's like, it's keys to your new car. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, somebody in the church, they, 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 they gave you a car. I was like, you know, and it's first of November and I, I am in the scooter. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, like literally, here is the key to your car. And it was a Toyota Prius. So it was like one step up over a scooter. It wasn't too above it. One had a roof on it. You know, that was, that was the big deal there. But I was like, shocked. Like, wait a minute. Paid off. I think it was like two years old. Two years old, had like 30,000 miles, completely paid off Prius. And I was like, you know, for the, there's no pride. You've been driving a scooter for eight months, right? You're like, hey, Prius is awesome. We'll take it. And like, I can remember sitting there going, what is it? He's like, start it up. I'm like, but whose is this? He's like, it's yours. And like the staff, like they're videoing me and I'm, I'm sitting there going, I don't understand this. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, somebody in church just anonymously gave you a scooter or, or gave you a Prius. I was like, why? He's like, I don't know. He said, and the guy said, this is not what he does. He said, I buy a car, I pay it off quick, I drive it for another year, I trade it in and I get a better car. And he said, but there was something about it, I could not trade in the car. He said, and I don't even really know the guy. Like he was saying to Jesse, he's like, I don't even really know Jeff. But the Lord will not let me trade in this car. And I'm like, okay, okay so I, I've got a car. Like, how do you, and I can just remember sitting through the, the staff meeting the whole time and like they're talking and I'm just like, what is going on? And you know, they expect like a big reaction and you're like, I'm just trying to process all of this. But what happens when we give when we're on the, the opposite end, when we give, faith in God is restored or, and strengthened. That, that I, sure, I knew that God was good. I, I, knew, I knew that he loved me. I knew that he cared for me. But then all of a sudden, the, the passages in Genesis where he tells Hagar, hey, I'm the Lord who sees you see, all of a sudden, the faith that I have in God is now strengthened and refreshed because it's like, Lord, you do see me in my stupidity in a, on a scooter in November. You see that, that, that when we give, giving has very little to do with money and it has everything to do with your heart. We're going to look at that today. When we give, it restores and solidifies faith in God. When we give, it draws not only us, but the recipient closer to him. And when we give, he gets the glory. When we give in the proper way. I can't tell you how many more times I've been blessed by the Lord by, by other people anonymously. Where it's just like out of left field, like you're like, 
You know, you show up, you're, you're, you're eating at a restaurant, and someone says, you know, it comes time for the bill, and they're like, oh, hey, somebody paid for you. And you're like, what? Like, you know, you start, like, looking around the restaurant. Who do I know? You know, like, who would do that? But it just restores that, that faith that God is good. He does know me. He does see me. He does care for me. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Together. I forgot to put it on the screen, so sorry. He might, he might have it. He's pretty good. Uh, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We just pray that it would be alive and active. Father, that you would teach us, that you would sharpen us today, that you would equip us and empower us. Father, we pray that we would take the truths from your word today, apply them to our lives and our families. And, Father, that we would impact the kingdom forever. In your name we pray, amen. Next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking through these things. Your, your reading for this coming up week will be Matthew 6, verses 5 through, 14, 5 through 15. It's on how to pray. So if your Bible has headings like mine, it should say how to give, how to pray, and how to fast. And so we'll go over those the next three weeks. And there's a pattern in those three things that Jesus is talking about. And giving and praying and fasting, every time, all three of those things, Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites, do this, and your Father who sees you in heaven will reward you. All three times. Don't do this, do this, Father who sees you will, be, will reward you. You see, these are not new topics, like, like, to Jesus' disciples and his followers, how to give, how to pray, how to fast. Those aren't new concepts. They're not new concepts to us. When Jesus pulled his disciples up onto the, onto the mount and he began to, to give this sermon, they were all familiar with giving, with praying, with fasting. But Jesus was saying, just like he said in Matthew chapter 5, where he said, you have heard that it was said this, but I tell you this. Now what he's saying is, you have seen this, but I'm going to show you this. You have seen that it was done this way, but let me show you the way to do it. He says, don't be like the hypocrites who when they give, they sound a trumpet to be applauded by men. He says, but when you give, I want you to give in secret. Jesus is once again, raising the bar, setting the standard of what it means to be a Christ follower. I think what made it so special on when, when someone gave us the, the, the Prius was they wanted no recognition they did not even want me to know, like when I had to go and transfer the title over. They, they, they wanted to do everything so that they made sure that they got none of the glory, none of the recognition, none of it ever fell back on them. And the only person that I could think would be him. The only person that I could go, Lord, you know me so well. You, you see everything. And I thank you for this. I pray blessings over whoever that is. Whoever that was, I, I pray that you would bless them, and I'm just so thankful for you. When Jesus is talking about 
giving. He's going after the religious elites. He's going after the hypocrites that announce and let everyone know what they just did. That's why he says, you know, they, they blow the trumpets. They let everybody announce. They announce what they just did. It's where we get our saying from, you know, toot your own horn. Because that, that, that's where it comes from is they would, they would give, they would do something special and showy and then they would let everybody know what, what they did. When they fasted, we'll come into fasting, when they fasted, they, they would make themselves look all downtrodden and, and horrible and miserable just so people would know that they are fasting. But Jesus is coming and he's raising the bar and he says, as Christ followers, as members of the new covenant, when you give, give in secret. He even uses another hyperbole where he says, hey, when you give... To, let your left hand do the giving, but don't, don't let your right hand know what you're doing. It, it's to give in such a way that you don't want anyone else to know. It's just between you and the Lord. When, when all of a sudden we begin to view our possessions as not our possessions, when we begin to view our gifts and our talents and our abilities not as our abilities, but as ours for the Lord to use however he wants, when all of a sudden you begin to see it's just like a father, but we begin to view him as a father. We begin to say, you know, you've ever had to settle disputes between a couple of kids? You know, hey, they're, want, they're, wanting, the same, they're, they're wanting the same truck, the same toy, and you have to like, oh, hey, no, it's Milo's turn, Ed, Eddie. Let, let Milo have a turn. All of a sudden, you begin to view it the same way where the Lord says, hey, uh, it's been your car for a little bit, but, but now your sister needs a turn. When all of a sudden you see him as a dad that says, hey, that's not yours. You know I bought that for you. Here, let, this is a better use of it. Let's give it to this person for this time. It's, it's their turn. All of a sudden it changes our view on giving. It changes our view on what it means. Jesus is warning us in, in verse 1. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you've already gotten your reward, which is weird because we just talked in Matthew chapter 5 where he says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Don't let your light be hidden, but do your good work so that they may be seen by men. And you're like, okay, that was just last chapter, Jesus, but now what are you saying? But he says, don't practice in front of others to be seen by them. It all comes back down to the motive. It comes back to your heart. Jesus is saying, be careful. Don't give this way. I'm telling you this from the beginning. You are members of the new covenant. Be careful before you get going. When you give, give in secret. You know, YouTube, you can look up anything and you can do anything based off of YouTube. They, these people have figured it all out. And, you know, you can go and change your brakes on your truck. If you've never done it, you can do it. Just have YouTube going. And inevitably, I've done this. I've changed the brakes on, uh, brake pads on a car by, by having YouTube right there. If you're not careful... You know, they kind of give you step by step and, you know, they'll say, all right, now take this off. And you hit pause and you take it off and then you hit play. You're like, man, that didn't go right. Like, what happened? It's frustrating. So you go back and you hit play and then they say, oh, but before you do that, it's like, why didn't you tell me that before? And now I got to go. And Jesus is saying, hey, be careful. Be, be, I'm telling you now. That's the first thing he did. He didn't say, hey, give. Oh, and then be careful. No, be careful how you give. It's a warning that says, hey, if you continue down this path, you're going to get your reward. And your reward before men, the praise of men, pales in comparison to the reward that the Lord has for you. Today's teaching is not about whether or not we should give. He says through here, we'll look at how to give, how to pray, how to fast. And he says, 
uh, verse number three. Yeah, verse number three. But when you give to the poor, do this. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door and pray. But when you fast, don't be gloomy. You see, today's, I'm not trying to convince you that as Christ followers, we're to give. That, that's not even an option. That's not even on the table. Jesus says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people. But when you give to the poor, then do it in this manner. We're afraid to talk about giving and, and what all that looks like, but uh, we'll look at that in a little bit. We're, we're looking at right now that, that the motivation behind the heart. We are to give. We are absolutely to give. But what Jesus is talking about today is the heart and the motivation behind why we give. Verse 2 and 4, it says, when you give to the poor, but when you give to the poor, don't do this. What, what I love is when you look at that in the Greek, to the poor, it, it, it's a phrase in the Greek, and it's one word, to the poor, and it comes from there. And actually what it means, it has very little to do with the amount of money that the person has. But the, the Greek word actually says compassion and mercy. So it says, like if you were to read this in the Greek, poor is not anywhere mentioned. But it says, so whenever you give compassion, don't sound a trumpet. But whenever you give compassion, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And, and do you understand that where it says poor right there, if we misunderstand what that means, then all of a sudden I won't give to somebody because I will deem that they're not poor enough. Or, or oh, well, look at what kind of truck they have. They're, they can't be in need, even though they're asking for help. Or uh, my favorite one is th there's a guy that lives down, uh, he lives behind like Powerhouse Gym and Funky Monkey. He lives kind of down in the woods right there. Uh, and, and I go and visit him from time to time. And uh, he, has a, he has like a pit bull and her name is Missy. And, and Missy has her own Instagram page. Like he, he posts on like his own Instagram page and her Instagram page. Like, and you can walk away from there and go, now, wait a minute. What, why am I going to help this guy out? He's living in a makeshift tent, but yet he has a phone and he has an Instagram. And his dog has an Instagram. You can walk away and go, no, I'm not going to give to him. But it's irregardless of their socioeconomic status. But it says to give compassion, to give mercy to those who are in need. You take away the money part, and then all of a sudden your reasons and your justifications are out the window. You can say, oh, well, you can stand there on the corner all day and ask for money, but not, not go get a job. That's not compassion or mercy. See, not only have you withheld money, but you've withheld compassion and mercy. And that's what the Lord is asking for. He could care less about your money. Do you, do you want to know something that's crazy? He was doing just fine before he got your money. And when you're long and gone, he'll do just fine without your money too. He created the entire universe out of chaos without a cent to his name. He doesn't need your money. T today's giving is not about, hey, I need you to give. Oh, the church, we need this and that. And We don't need your money here. He doesn't need your money out there. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to drum up something so that we can have a new capital campaign drive and build a pickleball court outside and do all that stuff. We're not concerned about that. The Lord provides. <laughs> Which we are going to build a pickleball court. That's why my <laughs> wife is laughing. Pickleball is like tennis for the old fat people. That's me. Like, I only, and you play doubles, you only have to reach that far. I, 
Done. I can do that. All right, so we're going to have pickleball. Uh, don't worry about that in the, in the summertime. But the Lord does not want our money. He does not need our money. He wants our hearts. The motivation behind giving is not, oh, man, we got to have this. The Lord needs this. I, I heard it, and it wasn't in my sermon prep this week, but I, I watched a video of a pastor, well-known pastor, in a, uh, what is it, where they, a panel of pastors, and they asked, hey, why, why has the Lord not returned yet? I mean, you see all this, 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 and this, and this. And this pastor goes, you know why the Lord hasn't returned? Because the people haven't given enough money. <laughs> Says the pastor with three private planes and $10 million net worth. Come on now. Why, why do we not want to talk about giving in church? Because it's been abused by many people many times. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, giving has very little to do with money. I think you, who said it? Giving is not always money. Eric said it. It's about our time, our talents, and our treasures. How do, how are, do we freely release our time, our talents, and our treasures to those around us? How do we give compassion and mercy on those around us? It has very little to do with money. It has everything to do with our heart. As, as members of the new covenant, we have open-handed lifestyles, and we say, hey, whatever is mine is yours. We, don't, we also don't like to talk about money because we have a wrong understanding about what giving is about. We don't want to talk about money in church because it's been abused. And man, can I tell you, it, it has been abused. I'm not, I'm not making light of it. People have stood from many pulpits and manipulated and did all sorts of things to get more money into the church. And that's why we don't want to talk about it. Y'all don't want to hear about it. That's why we don't talk about, hey, in three weeks, we're going to be talking about giving because there'd be nobody here, right? Hey, like, we don't want to listen to that. We have the, the misunderstanding of what it is. When we have the right understanding that it's compassion and it's mercy, it's about sharing what the Lord has blessed us with, then all of a sudden we're like, man, I'd like to hear a good sermon on giving. We, we have, when we talk about giving here, we have three phrases, and it says, live simply, work diligently, and give generously. Live simply, work diligently, give generously. Live simply. This means we are not, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. How do, how do we live simple lives? We don't need the latest and greatest. I mean, that iPhone 13 is going to be killer until Samsung comes out with their new one, and then iPhone's going to come out with 14, and then you're already behind. We want to live simple lives where we don't feel like we have to compete with other people with all the toys that they have, where we don't have to keep up with the Joneses. My dad likes it when I say that. We're, trying to, we're spending all this money trying to keep up with the Joneses, but the Joneses, they broke, right? My dad likes it when I say it like that. They broke, right? Like, like we're trying to be somebody, and they don't even care. Like, they're broke too. Like, like who are you trying to impress? We want to live simple lives. When we live simply, it opens up avenues, not only in our budget, but in our time. Do you understand that? That all of a sudden, when you live a simple life, you have more time on your hands. 
When you live a simple life, you're able to use the time, talents, and treasures that the Lord has blessed you with, not for just your benefit, but for the benefit of the kingdom. That, yeah, you know what? I have a simple life, and so I'm, I don't have, I'm not in the rat race working nine to five and nights and weekends trying to get up the corporate ladder, and all of a sudden a tree fell in somebody's house, and I can take that day off, and I can go help them. And I can bring relief to somebody instead of adding money to my 401k. We live simple lives. We, that, that means we have to create room in our budget. Like, like we have to actually sit down and go, okay, Father, you, you know what I have? Here's my budget. Here's, here's, my, here's, here, here's how much money I have this month for it. Will, will you just use it for the benefit of your kingdom? Father, here's my schedule. You see my schedule. Here it is. Father, will you use this for your benefit? Living simple lives meaning, means clearing time out of your schedule, means clearing space out of your budget so that when all of a sudden you pass by someone that's on the side of the road, you don't feel like you have to just keep going and, and uh, you know, we, we love that, the Southern shirt, I, I'm a pray for you. Well, I'm a pray for you needs to just go away and I need to stop and change your tire. I mean, the, the, the word even says, hey, if you see someone who is in need of a coat, like, like saying, oh, hey, I'll pray for you and bless you. And then walking away, that the gospel did nothing to them. We have to create time in our schedule. And we have to create space in our budget. And that only comes by choosing to live a life that is simple. Does that mean that Jeff Hopkins is up here telling you, don't buy a new fancy truck? Absolutely not. You do as the Lord leads you to. But what I'm saying is don't, don't buy a new fancy truck if you don't have the capacity to, to do that. And then that eats away all of your ex, excess funds and time so that you have to pay for it and you can't bless people in your community. I'm talking about living a simple life so that we can be a blessing with other pe- to other people. A simple way that you're like, man, I just don't know what I can do. Like, it's a way to live life simple but still be able to bless people. Carry, carry just a little bit of cash. I, I know like we like that excuse, like, oh man, I'm I had some cash. I mean, you don't know how many times I've said that. Oh, I wish I had some cash. Oh, but there's an ATM right there, but I'm not going to walk and get it. If you want to live a simple life, carry a little bit of cash. That way when you encounter someone, bam, you can do that. Or you can go, I always keep like little like $5 gift cards, like McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, whatever, gift cards. You don't have cash on you. You ran out. You gave it away. Now here's, here's $5 gift cards. I got Ironworks leftover from a thing we did and I just passed out Ironworks. Hey, oh, you're in need. Here's an Ironworks gift card. Go, go get a coffee. They got treats. Carry, you're like, man, I, I just don't feel right giving them money. Get it. Carry a, carry a hygiene pack with some deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, shampoo, Hey, here's a roll of quarters to go take a shower down at Love's. I mean, like you, it, it doesn't have to be like this big extravagant. I think so many times we get caught up. What stops us from giving is that we think, oh man, the, the need is so great. Uh, there's no way that I can, there's so many people starving to death in Africa. There's no way I can do anything. I'll just not do anything at all. Instead of doing something little and impacting the region around you. Number two, it's work diligently. We were made to work. You know, like, we want to live simple lives, but we want to work diligently. We went to Galveston uh, this, a couple of days this week. It was probably the best beach trip I ever had. My wife is amazing. I never had to go to the beach, which is probably why I'm not, like, peeling and, like, blisters all over my face. I never had to go to the beach. Best beach trip ever. But 
<laughs> and it's fun to go and do things. But there's nothing more satisfying than coming back and going to work, doing your job, doing it well. We were made to work because all of a sudden when, we, when we're working and we're out and about, all of a sudden we get to see people that we wouldn't normally see. We're encountering other people and we can see the needs of our coworkers. You know that the job that you have you may not like, but can I tell you that you're there for a reason? Can I tell you that there's people around you that are hurt, broken, lost, and all they need is someone to just be real with them? We're made to work. The reason that we say work diligently is part of our giving because we're giving of our time and our talents. When we're at work, we're going to do a good job. We're going to show up on time. We're going to do everything that we need to do without drama, right? That's the biggest part. But it would be nice to be in a cabin all alone in Colorado on a mountain by myself with my wife and some kids. <laughs> Maybe not even some of ours, but some, some kids. <laughs> ben would be there. He's my fisherman. But the truth is that that's only satisfying for a little bit. Because we're made to work. We're made to work diligently. When we're out and about, when we're off alone in a cabin by ourselves, it feels great for a week, but two, it starts to get lonely. Because the, we lose that interaction. We lose that human connection. We, we lose the ability to look at someone and see how they're doing and offer compassion and mercy in their circumstances. Last one is we, we give generously. That means that we give above and beyond what, what our first thought would be. You know, because our first thought is when you pull up to the side of the road, your first thought is a couple of bucks. Generously would be that 10, even though you have smaller bills. To give generously, we, we want to live lives that, that are simple. We work diligently and we give generously. We give as the Father gives to us, and the Father is never stingy. And once again, when we view it as compassion and we view it as mercy instead of the poor and the needy, then all of a sudden we're able to give so much more. We are, we are commanded to give generously above and beyond, lavishly but not foolishly. There, there, does, there does come a time when, when you could say, Jeff, well, do I just keep giving and giving even though they keep wasting? No. I think Jesus is pretty clear. He, he pours into good soil. He, he doesn't waste his money. He doesn't waste his time. He doesn't waste his energy. He pours into good soil. And at some point, you might have to go, you know what? This just isn't acceptable anymore. This isn't beneficial for this one person. But that doesn't mean that you, you quit giving altogether. I like this one. This is good. It's okay if you get fooled. It wasn't your money anyways. Give and let it go. There was a, a guy, one of my, one of my friends, he... Uh, we, he gave some money to this lady. He, he's a little more jaded in life than I am. I'm just like, hey, here's 20 bucks. I know you're probably going to go spend it on alcohol. I'm cool because the Lord told me to give you 20 bucks. I don't care. Uh, and he, he, had never, he had never really done it. And he calls me, hey, all right, Jeff, I'm, I'm giving them 20 bucks. I'm like, okay, cool. And he goes, I'm going to follow them and see where they go. <laughs> I go, man, that's a bad idea. <laughs> It doesn't go anywhere where you want it to go. Like, there's no way that this has a happy ending. He's like, I just can't. 
<laughs> like, man, it's just 20 bucks, okay, come on. And of course, I mean, he followed, I think they hit the vape store right there by uh, Brookshire's first and then, then went down to, to a liquor store. And he's so mad. And I go, man, it wasn't your money anyways. And he's like, I know, but I said, I, I know, man, you're going to get burned. You're going to get fooled. You're going to give somebody some money and they're going to turn around and then foolishly do something else. But it's okay to get fooled. Don't get jaded in life. When you, when you give generously, you're like, man, this is just too much. When you think it's too much, it's probably just what the Lord's told you to do. You can give and it's not based on income. To give generously doesn't mean that you're wealthy. To give generously means that you give above and beyond what you feel comfortable with. You know, you can say, yeah, but you don't know my budget. Oh, you don't know what, what all I have to pay and what all things I have to satisfy and, and keep all of this going. There are 2.6 billion people on the earth that live and die on less than $2 a day. So you might not be wealthy by any means, but, but definitely in the whole scheme of things, in the whole worldview, you are definitely in the 1% wealth of the world. 2.6 billion people. They, they love to say 2.6 billion people live on less than $2 a day. But the truth of the matter is that nobody lives on $2 a day. There are 2.6 billion people that are living and dying on $2 a day. And you sit here and go, man, I just need that $6 cup of coffee. Or I need that 12-pack of Dr. Pepper. Like, I'll preach to myself. And you're like, man, I, the need is so great, I don't even know what to do. Man, that's where you have the Holy Spirit that says, hey, do this. Give to this person who knows somebody. Can I end with this? Can you imagine what it would look like if we live out as Christ followers in giving? If we gave in such a way that the faith in God was restored, that people's faith, that were Christ followers that were solid, but yet their faith was strengthened. Could you imagine if we gave in such a way that it drew people into relationship with him? When all of a sudden we view our giving not as taking away from us, but investing into the kingdom of God. Where, where we don't whine and throw a fit because we have to give away 20 bucks or we have to give away a car or we have to go make a meal for somebody. When all of a sudden we view giving as an opportunity to draw people into relationship with the Father. Could you imagine what your household would look like if you tried to outgive one another? Could you imagine what your neighborhood would look like if you tried to outdo one another in giving? Could you imagine if we gave in such a way that it caused the glory of the Lord to shine even brighter. Can I encourage you in, let's see, two, four, six ways. They're quick. Be spirit-led. If you're going to give, be spirit-led because it'll, take, it'll require you to think outside of the box. The, the guy that gave us the Prius said, man, I, I never do this, but I just can't not do it. The Holy Spirit won't let me. Think outside of the box. Be spirit-led. He'll tell you who's in need and who, who's not. He'll, he'll help you out. Be open-handed. Nothing is ours. We, we, as Christ followers, we live an open-handed lifestyle. We, we say as a church that there's nothing, there's nothing on this property that you can't use at any time. It's all available. You, you, you can come and use the building for free. You can come. We got a lawnmower back there. We got chainsaw, pole saw. We got volleyball court. We, whatever we've got, it's yours to be used at any time for any reason. No questions asked. I, 
the same way. We have to live the same way. Anything that, that we have, if you ever need anything, all you have to do is say, hey, Jeff, do you know anybody with this? Good chance I do. Good chance I have it. Like, we just have to live open-handed lifestyles. It's not my stuff. Uh, currently, I've got like eight things of scaffolding, eight different sets. Currently, I've loaned them out. I don't even remember where they are, but they're somewhere, and somebody's going to look at them and go, hey, you know what? Is this your scaffolding? I'll be like, yeah, it is. I was looking for that, <laughs> you know? But, but we live in such a way that it's open-handed. It's not mine. If it gets damaged or broken, the Lord is good. I mean, we, I say it all the time. Like, my cars are always unlocked and keys are in there. And people are like, you're, you're, you're crazy. I'm like, man, if somebody needs that, a car that bad, then obviously they need it worse than me. The, Lord, the, Lord, the Lord's not going to go, oh, that's taken. Never mind. You're off on your own. That was a dumb choice. Be intentional. It won't happen on its own. You're not just going to wake up and go, man, Lord, today's the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and give away 20 bucks and be glad in it. It's not going to happen. You're going to begrudgingly hold on to that 20 bucks unless you're intentional. Create the time and the space in your budget and in your schedule. Be joyful. I mean, the Lord loves a joyful giver. <laughs> Be joyful when you, because you're like, Lord, I am blessed that I had this drill that someone else needed. I am blessed that I had this car that someone could use for six months and then they gave it back. I'm blessed and I'm going to be joyful when I give it away. Be available. Last one's be open. I love right here that, that it says that give, when you give to the poor, right? So when you give compassion, when you give mercy, be open because give means more than give. It means to make and do. So that's where it becomes more about money. Give actually means make or do. So go and do things for people. Go and make things for people. You, you can do it. Be open. Uh, it's not just about money. It's about using your time and your talents to bring glory to his name. I hope the Holy Spirit through me or, or just directly to you inspired you today because giving is one of the most joyful things that we do. When we give, we imitate the heart of the Father. God said, you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts. Imagine how much more the Father bestows upon his children. When we give, we're imitating our Father. So I hope he encouraged you today. Don't become religious about it. Don't become religious where you say, I'm doing this, this, and this every fourth Monday. Man, I'm going here. Be spirit-led about it. Because after, after you say, I'm going to be here the fourth Monday every week for the next seven months, after about three weeks, you're going to be like, man, this is tiring. And then you'll quit giving. But if you just set aside time in your schedule and your budget and you go, Father, whatever you want this week, here's what I have. Allow him to do that. Be spirit-led and, and give. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that you are a giver. Thank you that when we give, we just imitate you. Father, I pray that you put people and places on our minds. Father, pray that this week we would be cheerful in our giving. Father, pray that we, we would do in such a way that it's anonymous and that you are the only one that receives the glory and the honor from it. Father, we love you. We love you. In your name we pray.
Amen.